So on Thursday, the House Ethics Committee released their long-awaited report on what George Santos did. And it was more wild than I think any of us could have actually predicted. We're talking about money for spas, money for Botox. He's spending campaign money on OnlyFans. And that really is just like the tip of the iceberg. He's taking campaign cash out of ATMs at casinos. He's done. Like George Santos is done. And he is taking the news just about as well as you could expect. Immediately after this report was released and picked up by pretty much every single media outlet across the country, George Santos cowardly admitted, I am no longer going to seek re-election. And he also said that, hey, I'm a flawed guy, <laughs> right? Yeah, no crap. We, we saw the report. You're a very flawed individual, but more importantly, you're a very corrupt individual. You know, flaws are one thing like, ah, I bite my nails sometimes. Okay. That's a flaw. You were engaging in massive campaign finance fraud. See, being a possible criminal is not just a flaw. That is a massive defect. And of course, this house ethics committee investigation is not a thing that is going to lead to George Santos being criminally convicted. But if the house Republicans were able to come up with all this, you'd better believe that those prosecutors in New York have the same information plus probably a lot more. So I think at this point, it is probably safe to say that when Santos's trial commences next September, he's most likely going to be going to prison after it's all over. And he is facing up to 20 years in jail. But as I said, he took the news not very well. So here is what George Santos had to say after the story broke. I am humbled yet again and reminded that I am a human and I have flaws, but I will not stand by as I am stoned by those who have flaws themselves. I will continue on my mission to serve my constituents up until I am allowed. I will, however, not be seeking re-election for a second term in 2024, as my family deserves better than to be under the gun from the press all the time. Now, I think your family deserves a better uh, person. Like, it's not just because the press is hounding you, it's because of what you did. Like, that's the reason your family is, you know, under the spotlight of the media, not because the media just wants to, you know, hound your family. It's because of what you did and you're still not taking ownership of that. You're like, I'm humbled, but you all have flaws. So you can't talk to me. Yeah, we can actually, you know, a majority of us out here in the rest of the country have not engaged in massive campaign finance fraud, but that was just the beginning of Santos's statement. He then went on to get even more unhinged. And here's what he said. It is a disgusting politicized smear that shows the depths of how low our federal government has sunk. Everyone who participated in this grave miscarriage of justice should all be ashamed of themselves. We, the people desperately need an article five constitutional convention. We are quickly approaching $34 trillion in debt. The government's continuously on the verge of a shutdown. Our Southern borders wide open. Our current president is the head of an influence peddling crime family. And all this Congress wants to do is attack their political enemies with tit for tit unconstitutional censures, impeachments, expulsions, and ethics investigations. The time is now for the states to rise up and commence an article five constitutional convention. That's a lot of words to say, please focus on anything other than my criminal activity, folks. 
because that's what you're doing. That's what you want people to focus on is like, yeah, I, uh, I, I took a lot of donor money and I was spending it to make myself happy. Uh, but Hey, we got it. We got a national debt over here. Oh, look at that. Oh, we're going to impeach Biden because it's tit for tat. He says, um, you're going down, bro. Like you're probably not going to be in Congress by the end of this year. Republicans in the house were already hoping that the house ethics committee investigation was going to give them enough fodder to hold another vote to expel George Santos. And I think that their prayers were answered. The gag order placed on Donald Trump and his lawyers by Judge Arthur Ingeron in the New York fraud trial was temporarily lifted this week by the appellate court as they consider whether or not to permanently reinstate or permanently ban the gag order. But until that decision comes down, you had uh, Judge David Freeman on the uh, uh, New York appeals court who said this gag order cannot be enforced right now. So as it stands right now in the state of New York, Donald Trump is once again able to attack the judge and anyone in that courtroom that he so pleases. But this may not necessarily be a bad thing. Much like when Judge Tanya Chutkin had placed the gag order on him and then it got temporarily lifted. At that moment, when it was temporarily lifted, what did Donald Trump do? Well, he immediately engaged in witness intimidation by attacking potential witnesses against him on his social media platform, Truth Social. It was at that point, after Jack Smith then had to file an emergency motion, that Chutkin said, yeah, you know what, you're right, I've got to put the gag order back in place even while the appeal is pending. So Donald Trump's actions during that very brief time when his gag order from Chutkin was lifted immediately went back to violating or what would have been violations of the gag order. And that's not going to bode well for him as the uh, appellate court makes their decision. So we could be looking at a similar situation here with the New York fraud trial. If Donald Trump is able to behave himself, which I don't think Donald Trump is able to behave himself and you know, he doesn't go out there and attack anybody in the courtroom. Maybe that, that works well for him as the appeal continues to uh, be considered or Donald Trump is going to do what all of us expect him to do. And he's going to once again, launch these horrific attacks against the staffers in that courtroom. And then the appellate court is really going to have no choice at that point, but to reinforce the gag order. Now, Trump had argued, of course, his lawyers had argued for him that the gag order was a violation of the first amendment. And in fact, the judge who issued the uh, temporary stay on the gag order uh, did cite first amendment issues while lifting it. Now that's very weird to me because yes, obviously the first amendment exists. However, gag orders from courts are 100% legal and do not run afoul of the United States constitution because if a gag order is not in place, it could actually lead to more constitutional violations of the rights of the other people involved in a criminal trial. So judges do have that authority. Like that is authority that is well-established and it does not violate the constitution. So it does kind of blow my mind a little bit that this, uh, you know, uh, appeals court judge would be like, yeah, I'll do first amendment. So let's lift it. Um, that doesn't make any sense. 
But again, this could be a situation where give him enough rope and see if he hangs himself. I don't know. But I do think given what we have seen from Donald Trump in exactly the same situation just, you know, a month ago, he's probably going to do something pretty stupid. It could result in him getting the gag order put back on him even before the appeals court issues their final ruling. Unfortunately, this is something we're going to have to wait and see. But I think for the safety of everybody in that courtroom, the appellate court needs to understand that Donald Trump needs this gag order or he could be putting people in danger. Donald Trump's legal team in New York finally, after a week of talking about it, filed their motion for a mistrial, citing the fact that Judge Arthur Ingeron and others uh, in that courtroom are just totally biased against Trump. They're a bunch of Trump haters. They hate the Trump. And... They want the whole trial thrown out and we'll just have to start it all over again with a new judge. As I said, they'd been talking about this for a week. Alina Haba first mentioned it at the end of last week, and then she mentioned it again this past Sunday. And then there was rumblings throughout the week. And then finally Thursday evening, they're like, boom, here you go. And almost immediately after Trump and his lawyers filed this motion for a mistrial, The New York attorney general's office fired back. They sent a letter to the judge torching the claims made by Donald Trump and his lawyers. And there's really just one line that sums up the entire thing that the attorney general's office said about the motion for a mistrial. They said that there is a total lack of merit, a total lack of merit to any of the claims, any of the spurious allegations, they say, that Donald Trump and his lawyers bring up in this motion for mistrial. In other words, you got this motion for a mistrial, judge, right? And it's filled with fantasy. It's filled with nonsense. It's filled with non-legal issues that this defense team just kind of dreamed up because they were desperate for anything. So. The mistrial motion is not going to go anywhere. There is not going to be a mistrial declared in this New York fraud trial for the exact reasons that the attorney general's office stated in their letter to the judge. There's no real grievances here. You're mad because you're losing. I mean, technically you already lost. Like you're not just losing. You lost already. So in the motion for mistrial, one of the things they cited was of course the gag order. Like he's so biased. He put a gag order against me. It's like, okay, well that's actually within his rights to do that. That's not a reason for a mistrial. It happens in trials across the country, you know, nearly every day. So that's not exactly something that we can declare a mistrial over. Well, he's biased against me. Okay. Well, you didn't actually cite any real instances of bias that the judge has shown in the trial. So you, you gotta, you, you got to have examples, folks. You know, it's like you're writing a research paper from your college days or high school days. And, you know, you turn it in and you don't cite any sources at all. And the teacher's like, yeah, but, but where'd you get this? Like, oh, I got it from some books. Yeah, I read these books. These books are great. Best books I've ever read. And uh, they told me this, uh, this information here. And the teacher's like, cool, what books are they? I don't remember. <laughs> okay, well, you have to cite your sources And when you're filing a motion in court, you have to, as in every other, you know, part of court, you have to have evidence. 
You can't just say, I don't like this judge because this judge is biased. Okay. Well, why is the judge biased? Well, they're biased because they don't like me. No, 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 no. I mean, why are they like, what have they done? That's biased against you. Well, he ruled against me for one. <laughs> okay. That's not bias. That's just you losing your court case because the evidence was overwhelming that you did these things. So again, this motion for a mistrial is going to go absolutely nowhere because Donald Trump's lawyers have no legal argument for a mistrial. But this is not going to be the last time they try something this desperately stupid. So buckle up, because as I always say, it's going to continue to get dumber. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced.